0: Okay, talk for a second. Alrighty, everybody. Okay, yeah. we are back. Now we're good. Sorry about that. Had a little technical difficulty. My bad. That yeah, was the, my fault. That was the my listeners fault. would never know. But we're rolling. We're good. We're back. We're gonna recap a little bit of last episode. We got our NFL division winner picks, and we're gonna get into a little college football, and then you know we'll see. We'll see where the day takes us. But absolutely. Just to to recap. And this is going to solidify our picks for this year. Big stuff here. In the AFC, Thomas, I took the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, and Jaguars. Ben?
1: I had the Jets, the Chiefs. I also had the Ravens. And then in the AFC South, I had the Jaguars.
0: Yep. So we agreed on the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Ben took the Jets, and I took the Bills in the East, and then Ben took the Ravens. While I took the Bengals Looking over into the NFC I've got the Cowboys in the East The 49ers to win the West The Vikings in the North And the Falcons in the South
1: Yep, I mean great th- great minds think alike I think I'm kind of on the same page as you I got the Eagles winning the NFC West Niners winning the, or the East rather Niners winning the West Lions winning the North And then the Falcons winning the South
0: Yep, so we got the 49ers and the Falcons Same thing, agreeing in the West and the South differing in terms of the Vikings and the Lions I don't think that's a bad take at all with the Lions and then the Cowboys you are obviously down on them from last episode so it'll be interesting to see Cowboys and Eagles who will end up taking that one or could we see a New York Giants division winner I'm playing anyways let's get right into it so we got week one coming up we're starting off tomorrow with the Chiefs. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, we're going to do a little week one predictions. So this first matchup, the Lions play at Kansas City on NBC tomorrow night. Coming to you
1: live from Arrowhead Stadium, 8.20 p.m.
0: What are, what are you thinking about this game? What, what should be expected?
1: I think that, first off, I think that Detroit Lions fans in the city of Detroit should rejoice. I think they probably are. I mean, the fact that the Detroit Lions are opening up an NFL season in our lifetime is pretty incredible. I mean, you think about just the, I don't know, the circus that that organization has been over the last decade or so, and now them opening up the year. I mean, I feel like expectations are higher than potentially I've ever seen as long as I've been watching Detroit football. Um, so I definitely think that the Lions honestly could shock the world tomorrow night. And I mean, I know we'll probably touch on this a little bit, but breaking news, star tight end out of Kansas City seems to have picked up a bit of an injury. There's a lot of concerns and questions right. around whether or not he's even going to play tomorrow. If he's out, I mean, I think Detroit Lions, I think uh, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, they might start the season 1-0. Uh,
0: they could. They definitely could surprise some people. And then obviously fantasy owners devastated with the Kelsey injury. We're going to get into a little bit of fantasy talk later. I know we meant to get into that in episode one and ran out of time. Um, so to save time here, instead of going over every single game, what, what games intrigue you week one? What are some hot takes you might have? What, what do you expect to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely Detroit and Kansas City tomorrow night. I think that's a game that we're all really looking forward to. But given that that's the first game of the season, I think it kind of goes without saying. Similarly to the game on Monday night, we got nine eleven matchup at MetLife, the Jets and the Bills. But I think everyone's already, like, already kind of looking forward to that. For me, three of the games that I'm most intrigued about, honestly, this weekend, the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that that game... Is going to be a real interesting one I think we're going to see the Dolphins now with a year of Mike McDaniel coaching Tua should be back and healthy Um, I think that they're going to have a lot of added wrinkles to the game and it's always a fun offense and obviously the Chargers I think this is a make or break year for them I talked about it a little bit last year I think Brandon Staley's job's on the line so this is huge Um, also a game that I'm honestly intrigued about is the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers I'm really interested to see what this division looks like without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we've seen all the hype on Justin Fields. There's also been a lot of hype on Jordan Love. I'm intrigued to see that. And then, last but of course not least, I'm always gonna root and watch my San Francisco 49ers, and they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Ackershire Stadium, formerly known as Heinz. Um, and I think that's gonna be an awesome game. And we're just gonna we're gonna show people why
0: we should have been in the Super Bowl last year if we had a healthy quarterback. Sorry, I didn't mean to go there, but I had a time to throw it in. <laughs> Hey, but I think Brock Purdy, they they seem to be all in on Brock Purdy. And I think for good reason. I think he's going to prove himself this year. Um, for me, one game that I'm really interested in is this Bengals-Browns game. I think I saw Joe Burrows 1-4 versus the Browns in his career. And I'm really intrigued by this Cleveland team with Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb. This is a team with high name players, high caliber players miles garrett this has a this this team has a great defensive line a great offense and it's going to be you know we saw glimpses of it with deshaun watson toward the end of the season last year but it seemed like they couldn't really put it together the browns i think they won three games i want to say with deshaun watson and this is this is a dark horse pick for me that i made last last episode the Cleveland Browns. I think we could see a a Browns upset, especially with the questions of is Joe Burrow gonna pr- gonna gonna play? Ha- have you he heard anything about that? I I'm not really sure.
1: Um, I f- I think all the last that I've heard is that he is expected to play. I'm gonna do some research on that right now while you continue to get the rest of your picks, and I will jump back in once. Yeah, I think verdict. I think
0: he's expected to play. It's just will he be hobbled at all? Will you know? Will they they be at full strength? Um. Looking down this list here, I'm also excited for Green Bay at Chicago. Obviously a rivalry game and two quarterbacks that really have a lot to prove this season. Jordan Love, obviously Green Bay is all in on him. We have not seen him play in the NFL, obviously. Um, And then Justin Fields talked a lot about that last episode. Did we? I don't even know if we did. Um, but the Bears. I think we were we were saying we could see Chicago winning that division, um, depending on you know how the other teams do. Obviously, the division is a little bit wide open though. Um, and another another game that's always a good one is Cowboys. And Giants, um, what was the statistic I saw on that one? It was about Dak Prescott. Oh, and oh just, yeah, uh, it's it's been like oh here it is two thousand over two thousand four hundred days since the Giants have beaten the Cowboys with Dak Prescott starting at quarterback. <laughs> That's a long time. Damn. um But this is a big season for the Giants. Also coming off that last year where they really exceeded a lot of expectations can they do it again and start off strong versus the Cowboys um wait I feel dumb I didn't
1: realize that the Giants and Jets are both playing at home this weekend they are yeah so that means that there's Sunday night football at MetLife and Monday night football at MetLife
0: it looks like it
1: Dang, I did not realize yeah. that. I mean, shoot, shout out to the groundskeepers and uh, everyone working at that stadium because that 24-hour 24 turnaround, 24 turnaround that you get on primetime television, I mean, phew. yeah, hey, respect. That's going
0: to be tough. Um, but lastly, I think you touched on this. I think the most intriguing matchup is the Jets versus the Bills. Now, I do want to get into another thing that we didn't get to last season, or last episode, not last season, Um Looking ahead at this Jets schedule, the Jets have one of the toughest schedules in the first half of the season. If you look at their first six games up until the bye week, they play the Bills at home, the Cowboys on the road, New England at home, always a tough game for the Jets, the Chiefs, then the Broncos versus Sean Payton, the controversy there, and then they have the Eagles october 15th so ben walk me through what you think this these first six games could end up looking like for the jets best case scenario worst case scenario obviously um
1: i mean i think obviously worst case scenario is that they don't win a single one of these games i don't think that's gonna happen i think we could at least count on them winning two. they
0: they they should beat denver
1: yeah, I think the honestly should beat Denver and they should beat the Patriots. I think on paper, those two teams they're better than and with the coaching and the new additions they've made to the roster, I think they should beat them. Where things start to get a little more interesting is when you start looking at teams like Dallas, Buffalo, I mean, and then obviously you got the two teams you played in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs and the Eagles. So I don't I don't know if the Jets are quite going to be ready for that this early in the season. But at the same time, I mean, the way that we've been talking about the Jets, the way that other people have been talking about the Jets, I mean, I picked the Jets to win the division. So, And I think I even picked them to go to the Super Bowl. So given that, I think I have to just continue to ride with the Jets. I think, realistically, they go 4-2. and two. And four I think and two. going 4-2 and two would be a solid, solid way to start off the year. I think they definitely... I don't see them going under 500. I think they at least win half the games, but I would like to think that they'll probably win
0: four. Here's how I think at least the first three games are going to go, okay? Now, I'm high on the Jets. I'm really high on the Jets. I think they're going to be a great team this year as long as Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. I think this team is stacked with talent, and I think Salah, at the end of the day, he's a good coach. You know, there's a lot of controversy over Salah or there can be you know some Jets fans not really sure about Robert Salah but if you look at what he was able to do with his quarterback situation last year that that was a a feat and then Joe Douglas has done a great job in the draft um, providing this team with talent on the offensive end defensive end so I think week one I really do think they're going to come out and they're going to beat the Bills it's going to be a you. close game but I think this is kind of a season defining game for the Jets there's all this pressure with hard knocks and everything and I, I, I think I think they're going to live up to it it's 9-11 you know it's New York um,
1: I would agree with you on that I think definitely all the players are going to rise to the occasion and not to look into it too much but I know definitely there was a lot of emphasis placed on that preseason game between the Jets and the Giants and wanting the Jets starters to go out there and at least play several drives just to soak in the atmosphere and get used to what that feeling is going to be like on Monday and I truly think that the Jets are going to be really prepared and they're going to come out guns blazing on Monday night and I think that they're going to start the season off with a bang. Whether or not they're going to be able to maintain and keep that up consistently through those first six games, I'm not sure about but I definitely do agree with you, Thomas, in thinking that they're going to come out strong.
0: Week two, I also have them beating the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a, I think the Cowboys are going to start off slow, and there's going to be some alarm bells going on in Dallas, but I think they'll right the ship. Um, In week three is when the Jets are going to be riding high. They're 2-0. and We're going to be hearing about the Super Bowl. We're going to be hearing about how the Jets are back, and can they beat the Patriots. Now, as a Patriots fan, I'm not worried about this game one bit wow the patriots it's one of those things where i'm just so used to beating the jets every single year that i don't care how good this team is the jets are going to lose to the patriots it's just a fact of life i know i'm going to piss off a lot of jets listeners jets you know all of our zero listeners but we are in new york you know i'm used to the hate if you watch the patriots Jets games last year, I think the most Jets moment of all time. The game is tied 3-3. Neither team can score. And listen, I'm not saying the Patriots are any good. I think we're not going to make the playoffs, but we will beat the Jets. And that's all I need out of this season. (laughs) Go out there and beat the Jets. Continue our streak. I just looked it up. We've won 13 straight games against the Jets. The last time the Jets beat the Patriots was in. 2016, I believe it's the longest win streak in the NFL. What was I gonna say?
1: I mean, I agree with you there on that.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, Bill Belichick, like, he's not gonna get beaten by the Jets.
0: And I, I, I just think that would be the most Jets thing to come out, beat the Bills, beat the Cowboys, and then lose to the Patriots, like yeah, that. Everyone that starts just overlooking the Patriots. They have it written down in the script right now. I'm telling you. Yeah. Then it's after those three, you know, two and one. That's a solid start for the Jets. You can't be mad at that. You got the Chiefs week four. Probably will lose that one. Beat the Broncos three and two. And then Eagles. That will be that one's a toss up. I I think the Jets will either be three and three or four and two is what I will say after. And either one of those results if you're a Jets fan I think you'd be happy with that. You'd be happy with 3 and 3 through these first 6 games. This is really a gauntlet of a first 6 games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would agree with you totally. I think I'm kind of seeing it the same way. I think I feel like Buffalo, Dallas, Denver, those seem like some some wins for me. I, I feel like yeah, I just in my gut it's telling me that the Patriots are they're going to win. They're going to beat the Jets.
0: Yeah, I I remember what I was I was talking about the that 10 to 3 game last year. Neither team can score. The Patriots suck. The Jets suck. Zach Wilson can't do anything. It's three to three. Ten seconds left. The Jets punt. The Patriots return it for a touchdown. Win the game. That's just, that. I think that honestly was the end of the Jets' playoffs hopes last season. I can't remember at what point in the season it was, but I remember watching that live and just honestly laughing because I didn't really. I'm I, I'm not too invested in New England. I'm not too invested in. Uh. I wasn't investing in them last season, and I'm not this season, like I said. But I do take pride in beating the Jets every year. But I do love this Jets team. You know, I don't have any animosity towards them. I'm rooting for them. I want to see them do well. So I I, I would love to see the Jets go 4-2 or maybe even 5-1 and one if, you know, they do end up beating New England.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, just last thing for me, I mean, I – I think, yeah, they, they probably will lose to the Patriots. And then, for some reason, I feel like the Jets are going to beat the Chiefs.
0: I could see it, too. I, I
1: think that it's more likely that they lose to the Eagles and the Chiefs, only because I feel like for the last several years now, the Chiefs have definitely started off a little slow, and they tend to pick up pace as the year goes on. And obviously, they always seem to have a lot of questions around their defense and things like that, particularly early in the year. So I'm going to say, yeah, I, my final prediction will be, yeah, the Jets will go 4-2 with losses to the Chiefs and the Patriots.
0: Okay, so speaking of... We were talking about Kelsey on the Chiefs and the the fantasy hit that Kelsey owners took. Um, let's talk about our fantasy football teams. You know, I think it's fun to go over each other's teams and what, what we're looking like. So I have a little story that happened on Sunday. So... I'm in two leagues, one is with my friends from high school, one's with my friends from college, the high school draft went great, I love my team, I was all in, I was, you know, researching, whatever, this weekend, I was out and about, my mom was in town, and my friends, you know, they wanted to do the draft Sunday night, so I was like, "All right, cool, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, Um, they're like, 7 o'clock, and I'm like, sure, works great, now, I'm out to dinner. It's probably like 7.15, 15, 7 30, and I've just completely forgotten about this draft. And no. <laughs> oh, no. I take a look at my phone. <laughs> I'm at, I'm, you know, somewhere in Williamsburg with my mom and my cousin. And my phone is just blowing up with all these calls. And immediately I know what happened. I, I open up Sleeper. And I didn't even know what pick I was. I was 10th pick, so I got Cooper Cup with my first <laughs> oh, overall shit. pick. And then I got Saquon, which I'm fine with. So I'm really praying that somehow this Cooper Cup situation resolves itself. But obviously with the hamstring, you know, he, I, he would have fallen very far had I not done the great service to everyone else in my league and taking him first with my first overall pick um
1: and and then the
0: rest of the draft you know I'm at dinner with my mom she hates when I'm on my phone so I'm 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 trying to like sneak you know predict when my pick is going to come around next so I can glance at my phone and Grab someone. I have no idea like who everyone else, like if the running backs are going, if the people have started taking defense and kickers, whatever, like if people have started taking quarterbacks. So I think for my situation, I did okay, but this team is really bad. I
1: need to hear this team. So (laughs) I need to hear this lineup. I think we're all very intrigued here and starting to, in our own minds, creating what this. (laughs) <laughs> i so listen my my <laughs>
0: my fantasy season this year is gonna be a yin yang situation because this is
1: a how, how many uh so it's
0: a 10 team, ten team league i believe league, okay. dude like i have n- i don't ppr it's ppr okay, full point. defense kicker um just kind of your classic yep. fantasy so i've got lamar as quarterback wow that was an auto pick shout out, shout <laughs> shout out auto pick dude. I've got Saquon, RB one, okay. also an auto pick, not bad. which I'm I'm not mad so at.
1: So far, so good.
0: Antonio Gibson is my RB two. Okay, That's that was we start to get a little questionable. That was late in the draft. Wide receiver one was Cooper Cup, obviously. Wide receiver two, I got Christian Watson. Okay, that nice. was the one pick that I made that I was happy about. I like that pick. Um. I mean, It was like fifth round, sixth round, I think. Mark Andrews was a tight end. That was an auto pick that I was also happy with. Um, Then I have Brandon Cooks, Pickens, Elijah Moore. I was picking a lot of wide receivers, so that's why my running back situation is a little bit sus. I have Alvin Kamara, and then I have Miles Sanders. So I have the question of... Do I start Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson? Yeah, that's my choice, pretty much at RB two. Miles, Miles Sanders, Sanders, I think so too. He's, the, he'll be he's the questionable. Runner. Yeah, so he's. My, I should have said he's my RB two, really. I, he definitely went higher in the draft, um, but he's questionable for week one. So I have him on my bench just in case I fucking forget to set it again. Yeah. I am really bad at. I'm the worst about you know forgetting to set my lineup. Especially when I'm in two leagues, this is this is a thing, okay. My other league is I'm taking that one a lot more seriously than this one, just because the group of guys takes it a lot more seriously. Um, so that kicker, Young Hoku, and then I didn't even draft a defense. I just have the Saints defense. Solid. Um, yeah, I think I. That was either the very last round or I literally picked him up off of the waiver wire. I can't remember. Um, so obviously, oh yeah, and then my backup quarterback, I have Anthony Richardson. Oh okay. Um, intriguing. That was another pick I made.
1: High upside.
0: Cause I was worried that that if Lamar gets injured, I'm gonna need someone. Um, so I was like, you know what, may as well. I think take a shot. Be a great fantasy quarterback. Yeah. He's
1: gonna have a lot of garbage time kind of moments probably gonna be scoring a lot of touchdowns with his feet so you're gonna get those points he's gonna get in rushing yards he'll be hugging yep. the ball all game long I
0: yeah I also like Elijah Moore yeah um, browns? I'm excited I'm, I'm really high on the Browns if you can't tell that's like my I always try to make a, a pick or a prediction that not a lot of other people are making um and for me this year that's it's the browns um uh, so anyways what about you how how did your fantasy draft go
1: Yeah my fantasy draft uh I was able to be in attendance or not physically in attendance but virtually in attendance on a little you know FaceTime Zoom call sort of setup it's just a uh friends and family sort of draft here but it's still pretty fun Um so yeah I got a That's cool. Yeah yeah you know it's cool it's like a 12 person league um so yeah I mean I was able like I said to make all of my draft picks and funnily enough a number of my draft picks were also taken by Thomas's auto pick computer so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad (laughs) thing (laughs) but uh my quarterback was going to be Lamar Jackson I think he's going to have interesting bounce back year. so So we're
0: we're big Lamar Jackson fans this year
1: I think yeah I'm a I'm a high high on Lamar Jackson I was high on him last year he should have got paid a long time ago he's finally got his money I think I think he's going to have a career year. Wide I receiver. I got my personal bet who I think is the best wide receiver in the NFL, DeVonte Adams.
0: The route runner, the so nice. best route runner in the league for sure. Oh
1: yeah, just so clean, so crisp. He's just a true professional at his craft. He is. Uh my second wide receiver is actually Christian Watson. Wow. So yeah, I have him. I think uh
0: I like it. I like it Yeah
1: you know He started to come on At the end of last year He's definitely gonna be Like the wide receiver One there Jordan Love has You know Been working with him They've been developing chemistry Um, RB1 Cleveland Brown Nick Chubb I think uh, That was my actually uh, First round pick Was Nick Chubb I think uh, He's definitely like probably That's the solid. best or one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL when people talk about like the best guys like I feel like he kind of gets slept on a little bit and he's just definitely so good Always year after good. year absolutely it's just he's not the flashiest guy he's not doesn't have the biggest you know social media presence but he's just a great football player he's
0: reliable you know he's doesn't get injured exactly no, you know knock on wood um yeah, yeah you can you d- you never have any doubts about Nick Chubb you that's one of the exactly. safest first-round picks for running back you can make, I think.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And then my second running back is Damian Pierce. Uh, he was a rookie last year with Houston, but he came on really big, and he was one of the biggest like waiver pickups last year. And this year, I think that uh, Houston's probably going to be running the ball a bit. And I don't know. I, I like it. Um, had to get a New York player in there at some point. So for my tight end, I took Darren Waller. I'm hoping he's gonna have a bounce back year. last year I actually drafted him when he was on the Raiders And I mean what an absolute Train wreck that was but hey, I Kept some faith and I think he's gonna bounce back here and then my flex I don't love it, but I got DeAndre Swift coming from Detroit. He's in Philly That was a pick that I was kind of just like let me just take best available at this point in time I didn't really Kind of have a great fit. So I just took the best guy on the board and then we get into my bench um, it's just a lot of, you know, some depth receivers. I think I got George Pickens. I feel like he could have a nice breakout year. Um, Jerry Judy is also a receiver I got. Uh, you know, just depending on his hamstring injury, I think it is. But for me, I just, he was available that late in the draft. I was like, might as well take him. What's the worst that can happen? Um, then I got the rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State who's playing for the Seahawks. I've seen some good things from him, but he's a little bit questionable to play here. And then. Tyler Algier, I think is how you say it for Atlanta. He's like the backup there behind Robinson. Colk Met as my backup tight end. Um, Sam Howe is a backup quarterback. I mean I don't know interesting. I think uh I'm I'm maybe I'm just looking into it, I'm hopping on the bandwagon, but the Eric Bienname, Washington Commanders offense kind of retooling and revamping, I'm intrigued and I, I think Sam Howe might surprise some people, or at least I hope he does. Um, defense, I also have the same defense as Thomas and New Orleans Saints. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm more of a streaming for defense kickers, so I don't know how long they'll stay here. But I just picked them. That was, like, my last pick.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way.
1: Yeah, and then for kicker, I actually picked Harrison Bucker because I was like, I want to pick a kicker who I know for a fact is going to be getting me, like, 10 points every week. Yep. So I picked him. So I actually picked him a little bit higher than I I normally pick kickers at gotcha. like, last. but. I actually made a pick for a kicker this year. But, yeah, that's my team, you know. I think it's solid, and uh, if it means anything, this is through Yahoo Fantasy, and the Yahoo Fantasy people, they sent me my gra- draft recap, and they gave me a grade of an A. So, nice. I don't know if that means that, you know, maybe NFL organization should hire me to be GM, but.
0: I think so, yeah. I yeah, think you're we'll right on it. the way. So we have a lot of similar players that we're going to be heavily watching this year. So that'll be fun as the podcast goes on to kind of, you know, Keep track of those fantasy performances. We got Lamar. We have Christian Watson. We have... The Saints. The Saints defense week one. Hell who yeah. are the Saints playing
1: again? The New Orleans Saints are playing the Tennessee Titans, who I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Titans.
0: But. Okay. Well, we'll be we'll be rooting for them. Yeah, shout out, Saints. And then I think we had one other player. Who was it? Uh. Or maybe it was just someone. Oh, yeah. I, w- I wanted to talk about Darren Waller a little bit. I think... Darren Waller is a great fantasy pick this year because he he pretty much is the wide receiver one on the Giants. Yeah, and that's be what you want. You want a guy like Kelsey, wide receiver one on the Chiefs. You want those tight ends that are gonna get thrown at. And I think Daniel Jones looked like he had some chemistry with Waller there in a couple in a, some of those preseason games. And the, with the wide receiver situation the way it is in New York. I think Darren Waller could be primed for a big year and he's a he's one of those tight ends you can grab a lot later than, you know, Mark Andrews that I have for example and not waste a pick on that. Um
1: I mean even I hate to, you know, bag on some of my own guys, but even a guy like George Kittle, I know Kittle is like was what a top 4 draft pick or top 4 round pick and stuff like that, but he hasn't had that production or a similar production to Waller these last couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, why not?
0: Yeah. So, now I want to... You, you said how Yahoo gave you a grade of an A. For this other draft, this is my main one. I feel like I have a absolutely stacked lineup. Okay. And this is my main league. This is... I was sitting down at the computer for hours before the draft. I knew my pick was going to be the fourth pick. And I called Ben. I was like, I think I want to take Kelsey fourth overall. Thank God that didn't work out for me. Yeah, right. So what ended up happening, I had I was planning out my whole draft with the idea that I was going to take Kelsey because I assumed it was going to go Jefferson, McCaffrey, and then you know Jamar Chasers. I assumed Kelsey wasn't going in the top three for yeah. sure, right? Well, so I get into the draft, and I guess other people haven't seen a lot of the same TikToks as me about Travis Kelsey <laughs> because – this kid took Kelsey number one overall in the draft, and that just shattered all of my plans for you know picking tight end first. You kind of have to structure your draft a little bit differently. Um, so I was just kind of winging it, but it worked out perfectly. I've got Joe Burrow as my quarterback. Obviously, week one could be a little questionable, but I've got Daniel Jones as my backup. Snagged him in the late rounds. Not mad at that at all versus the Cowboys. I know the Giants haven't beaten the Cowboys with Dak in a while, but for some reason it always seems like an exciting game where points are put up, Cowboys versus Giants. Um, Running backs, I have Pollard and Rashad White. I'm not mad at either of those for RB1 and RB2. Wide receivers, I have Jamar Chase. I took him first overall at the fourth pick. Then I have Amon Ross St. Brown, another electric wide receiver and then i have mike williams at the flex for my uh third wide receiver obviously herbert chargers need to do need to have a good season this year i've got hawkinson at the tight end and then the other thing about this league is no it's no kicker and no defense kind of interesting i don't know why this is the way we set it up that was a commissioner decision not mine um so, I've got two more flexes. I've got Dalvin Cook, who—I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Dalvin Cook, actually. if We can pause right here. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh,
1: like, Dalvin Cook on the Jets. On the Jets, will be-
0: yeah. Fantasy-wise or just— Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: I'm honestly— Yeah, I mean, it's hard because this is the first time we're going to really see... I mean, sure, he split time in the past with some of the guys, whether it be Jarek McKinnon or Alexander Madison or whatever, but this is the first time we've really seen him with, like, a dual-back commit, like, a committee, you know, backfield type thing. And I don't know, I feel like Brees Hall, seemingly, just given the age and stuff like that, I feel like he's kind of the guy for the Jets. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see where Dalvin Cook is kind of going to fit into their game. I almost am sort of expecting Dalvin Cook to take more of uh, definitely utilize him in some of the pass catching situations out of the backfield I think that like the Jets are going to look to probably do some motion with him maybe even put him in receiver or do some you know different throws and things almost like a Christian McCaffrey esque sort of role sort of thing like that I feel like I could could see that kind of happening with the way that they utilize him and he's a great you know pass catching back and really great in the open field and I think um yeah I feel like they're gonna probably move him around a lot and kind of kind of do that but I I honestly I'm very intrigued
0: yeah so I this draft was a few weeks ago when Brees Hall was I think a lot more questionable about his injury but it's it it looks like Brees Hall is gonna be fine it looks like I think he's gonna play week one um I was kind of hoping just from a fantasy perspective I could get Dalvin Cook in there on his own um but, yeah, I think where I got him in the draft, I'm not mad at it. I really am just excited about my receivers that I have, Chase and Amon Ra. And then I've also got Pollard. I was ecstatic to have two kind of stud receivers and then also kind of a stud running back. I feel like that's kind of hard. I mean, it is a 10-team league, so it's a bit easier. Um, but we're going to be big, uh, big Lamar Jackson fans. Especially week one, they've got the Texans, right? that's who they play yep,
1: exactly at
0: home. At home, we're going to be looking for a big week from Lamar. I'm hoping 40 points. Whoa, we'll see.
1: I would love that too. Start with we'll one though.
0: Yep, new year, new opportunity, always exciting.
1: Absolutely, you know,
0: I feel like the feeling before the fantasy season it's always hopeful and then it's a lot different once it gets to week 10 and (laughs) you know you're three and seven and you're half your team is injured
1: and don't be afraid to you know cut bait with some guys hey maybe you spent a fourth round fifth round even you know some of those high picks on some guys but if they're not working out and you see someone on the waiver wire i say go for it what's the worst that can happen
0: yep so stay tuned week to week as we kind of follow these guys, set our lineups each week. We'll have some interesting decisions, definitely. Um, and so yeah, that kind of wraps up the our NFL talk this week. Um, last weekend was a very, very, very exciting weekend of college football. We had some crazy storylines. Some stars come to light in Colorado, obviously the biggest storyline of the weekend. Coach Prime, Shadir Sanders, however you say his name, Travis Hunter. I love these guys so much. And not only because I went to Baylor and I hate TCU, but I don't, it doesn't matter who they beat. I, I think this is like this is the college football's team this year for sure the cinderella team
1: this is yeah i mean this is what college football this is what sports needs like this is yeah i mean this is great for college football it's great for college athletics it's great for you know other former athletes who may be interested in coaching and stuff like just all of it i mean i love everything about it it's empowering the kids like it's great you know i I love it i've been on board the whole time and i'm not gonna lie i don't want to flex or anything i know that uh a lot of people were not feeling very high on the Colorado Buffaloes going into this game vegas included because i put a nice little just a, just a little Did you know? 6 dollars on fanduel just a just a little just a Ooh. 6 just some 6 bucks turn that into more than 60 dollars ladies wow and
0: gentlemen. So, so was that money line just before the game or was, was it a live bet
1: i just bet on the money line before the game i thought what was the
0: money line at do you remember
1: Um, I think, let me find this bet. I'll find the slip for you exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I know a couple of my friends were, they had some tickets on the spread, I think just cause it was like TCU minus 20 and a half. They took Colorado like plus 20 and a half, which obviously ended up working great. I, I stayed away. What was it?
1: Plus eight ten. Wow. So I put, about That's six, a big hit. About 650 on $6.50, a little under 7 bucks. I won $60.61. That's the people.
0: type of bet that'll that will fund your rest of the season right there. I
1: now have $63 in my FanDuel account, so yeah, I'm good for this weekend, baby. There you go. Shout out to Coach Prime and the Buffaloes. I'm riding with you guys all the way. I've been
0: riding with you guys since week 1, okay? So what do you think for week 2? Who do they play? Don't they play someone big this week or? Um, is it, i mean
1: i don't even need to know who they play they're gonna win
0: let me look this up real quick i think
1: i mean i feel like they play nebraska nebraska yeah, yeah. Win. i mean this is in 1990 it's
0: you the usc game is the one that i'm looking forward yeah to. the
1: usc game is their really first challenge in oregon to be fair
0: yeah oregon will be tough TCU was tough. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But they, they won the national of They lost
1: like a lot of the starters. Yeah, which you could say. Whereas like Oregon, they have bone Nix will be returning as a quarterback, and obviously USC. We saw what USC did. Yep. I mean, geez, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, Caleb Williams, but holy crap.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this it's guy, this guy is obviously it's the good. front runner for the Heisman. He probably will win again, and then apparently he'll be coming back. Yeah, I mean... For like another the, year that just broke today.
1: I don't know, like GQ Sports interview, his dad said that, hey, I mean, a lot of it's probably leverage play, but yeah, he's talking about how, hey, I mean, depending on what teams are picking at the top of the draft of this year, I mean, why not come back and get another $10 million in NIL while you wait and get a more favorable yep. draft position? I mean, I don't blame it in this day and age with the way things are going.
0: Yeah, USC was... I mean... Still hasn't really been tested yet, but that Colorado game is really gonna.
1: That's gonna. That's gonna
0: crazy. be the biggest game of the season, I think, so far. If Colorado continues to win, I mean, I don't they know. they could lose to Oregon. They could, you know, lose a couple other games here and there, but.
1: Do they have like a time for that game yet, or is it not? It's
0: TBD. So September thirtieth. Prime
1: primetime, huh?
0: Most likely, yeah. Probably
1: be your prime time Saturday game.
0: Um. Also looking ahead at USC schedule, some big games. We have Notre Dame. And Here's, Utah. Time's and Utah. Speaking of Utah, my Baylor Bears play them this weekend. My Baylor Bears had a very tough weekend last weekend. The biggest upset of the weekend, actually was the Baylor Bears losing to Texas State, a borderline borderline Division 2 school. Um but listen, Texas State
1: they got some dogs.
0: They got some dogs. They got over 50 players in the transfer portal. And I think this this season is the season of the transfer portal. We saw Colorado obviously had some big time transfers. And that worked out for them. Texas State, they got a new coach. They got their quarterback, TJ Finley, from Auburn, also was at LSU before that. And then we saw a team who is heavily against the transfer portal in Clemson go down. Did you watch that game? What were your thoughts on that game? Because I I have a couple connections to –
1: I mean, one of my first thoughts was, I mean, I I think the DJ Ugolali slander was a little bit too much last year. I mean, it was the fact I mean, we I'm not trying to say that he didn't play great. That team has more great. problems than just him. But yeah. the way that it was framed last year was basically like that team would have been a playoff team or a legit like ACC title contender if they had a better quarterback. Did you guys watch him light up the game with Oregon State? Like, he looks he's great. He's a damn good quarterback. And, I mean, I've seen him play in high school. He went to high school um, pretty close to where I grew up and stuff. And, like, that dude is legit. I mean, I think definitely we're seeing, like you said, Thomas, like, Clemson, they have this old that, that mentality of Dabo and all these guys. Like, they don't really bring in any transfers. Like, they have this sort of, I don't know, like, this interesting kind of uh, – fraternity sort of thing they don't want to bring in other people but we're seeing now that like it's not working and ever since Clemson has lost like their skill players like they don't recruit skill players like they used to they've fallen off the map I mean looking back it wasn't that long ago that it seemed like all the best wide receivers in the NFL were coming out of yep. Clemson whether it be Mike Williams DeAndre Hopkins like you just go down the list of guys T Higgins like let you know yeah it's like now they have no weapons it seems like the recruiting is not there. And I don't know, Dabo seems like he needs to change
0: with the times. Yep. I have some interesting takes on Clemson because it's interesting that um, you went to high school close to where DJ went to high school because I, Cade Klubnick went to my high school. He I went to, in, and
1: that's uh, St.
0: John Bosco High School, for those who are unfamiliar, yeah. uh, which is in Southern California. Yeah. So Cade Klubnick out of Austin-Westlake, pre- prestigious quarterback, factory I don't mean to brag we got Drew Brees Nick Foles Sam Ellinger um and I I was all in on Cade Clubnick but he really struggled I think I almost placed this bet he was plus 1600 for the Heisman which is kind of crazy but last season I'll admit I was kind of I was against DJ Gulele mainly because I just wanted to see Cade out there. He was the number one overall QB in his class. He was, you know, he came out, I think it was the North Carolina game, and threw an absolute bomb. And I I was looking on Twitter, and all the Clemson fans were like, why have we had this guy just sitting on the bench? But in this Duke game, he threw a stinker, let me tell you. Two fumbles on the goal line two blocked field goals that's not his fault but it seemed like he was lost out there it seemed like you know his receivers wouldn't get open or he wouldn't give him time to get open and he would just keep it and run and then get clobbered and then there was there was another play where he slid right before the first down and kind of a controversial call they called targeting but because it was fourth down they enforced the turnover on downs and then enforce the yards on targeting um that's the rules but you know fourth down big big game when you're down and you need a touchdown you gotta make sure you get that first down and that was just kind of the inexperience there of a young quarterback um but i obviously i'm biased but i do love this guy i think he can be great however Interesting tidbit that a lot of people might not know. A big reason for his success in high school. We talk about how important it is, like for Manziel to have a Mike Evans or you know DeAndre Hopkins. That that those wide receivers He's that Clemson that are lacking carried
1: by a star wide receiver. Jaden
0: Greathouse him. out of Notre Dame. This guy. Is dominant. Okay, he's huge. He played basketball, football, dominated everything. Keep an eye on Jaden Greathouse. He's already had multiple multiple touchdown catches. Notre Dame hasn't really done much, but I think Notre Dame we could be seeing them in the playoffs. I think this might be a Notre Dame year. Wow. Keep an eye on him. They right. got some like big him. games like coming him. up. I mean, I love
1: the new blood. You
0: know. Yeah. Great quarterback there at Notre Dame, too. Hartman. Um, yep. They're a team to watch, for sure. Uh, my grandpa went to Notre Dame, so I'm a little bit of a Notre Dame fan. But, obviously, I'm stuck with the Baylor Bears this season, which, you know, it is what it probably is. won't be watching too much Baylor football. We'll see. We got Utah this week. Probably will lose by...
1: Forty five or fifty. Utah is a pretty good football team. Um I have a question before we move on here. What's up? What what would your pick if you are voting right now on the committee, who's your pick for Heisman after week one? Is it Travis Hunter? Is it Caleb Williams? Is it somebody else?
0: If we're voting right after now? this week?
1: Yep, just based on what we saw this last weekend. Who's your Heisman?
0: My Heisman is Travis Hunter. All the way.
1: Hell yeah, (laughs) I feel the same way. I love it. I want to see it. We need another. We need a defensive
0: player. It's the same reason of why Shohei Otani is going to be the MVP every single year. Well, maybe not now with the uh, injury, but when you have a guy playing offense and defense and succeeding that much on both sides of the ball, that's worth so much more to your team than even Caleb Williams. Um, Yeah, and the personality is there you got to root for this team his coach everything about the Colorado Buffaloes this year I think that would be if we're talking about just after week one you got to give it to Travis Hunter
1: I agree I love it I mean I think Travis Hunter is doing things that's never been seen before and the fact that he's only a sophomore and this is his first ever time playing Division One, you know, FBS football, and he's doing this kind of stuff. The sky is the limit, and I think uh, definitely could be on for a uh, Heisman type type season for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on college football wise? We kind of let's see, I mean, Florida State.
1: Yeah, they look good. They didn't look great to start the game it was a little close there but second half they came out and just torched LSU I think uh, Yep. they're show that they're the better team I I'm not sold on Florida State yet I think that okay. they're still I don't know I feel like top five is type type that was happening in preseason people talking about how they're going to be in the playoff like I don't know I don't know that I'm fully bought in yet but this is definitely the best Florida State team that they've had in a while and It's nice to finally see some, like, Florida football getting back. I just, I mean, when is the you going to come back? Like, come on, guys, let's get it together here. For real. And then Ohio State, I thought, they were a little disappointing.
0: They were, yeah.
1: Marvin Harrison Jr., he got hurt, and then he only had, like, two or three catches or something like that. Like, definitely people were picking him to be a Heisman guy. It's so early in the year, but it just goes to show you, like, how important having good quarterback play is, and Ohio State's been able to recruit for so long, but now they don't have their kind of blue-chip prospect. And, you know, the rest of the team suffering. It doesn't matter how good the talent is around it. It's like you need someone to lead the offense.
0: Yep. So looking ahead to week two of college football coming up this weekend, marquee matchup is obviously Alabama playing Texas. Texas has got an interesting quarterback situation as well. They've got Quinn Ewers, who I think is great. But in my honest opinion, Alabama is going to run all over this team. It's going to be a, a foreshadowing of what is to come when Texas joins the SEC. At least that's what I think is going to happen. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Texas, they've got Arch Manning waiting back there, and he's not even second string. I can't remember the second string name, but it's kind of a a little bit of a, competition there I think at QB even though Ewers is a great great quarterback Um, in Texas you know that's a fan base that needs success year in and year out if they don't if they're not in a bowl if they're not in a good bowl game they're going to make changes Um, I feel like they've they're always playing these you know they almost beat Alabama last year one of these years they just might do it um, I feel like we're always hearing Texas is back we'll see it is this the year Alabama's got the new quarterback after the Bryce Young era it's kind of a new um new situation there so definitely an interesting game for sure I'm excited to watch I'm off work glad I'm not watching the Mets like last weekend I was at work watching the Mets um I'm actually not even sure if I'm like allowed to talk about work on the <laughs> podcast cuz I think like I don't know there might be some legal stuff. True. Like yeah, I can, I can't not. say yeah. the company. I don't think I can say the company that I work for okay. if it's like on a Got you, got you. I don't know. Maybe maybe, we maybe I'm a lot of Mets games. May, yeah, maybe maybe I'm just uh maybe I think I'm more important than I am, but <laughs> that's always working yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So, anyways, I was stuck watching Mets baseball last weekend during college football week one, just checking the score of Baylor and Texas State getting run up. Um, I did get to see the Colorado game though; that was exciting. Um, yeah, I think both the NFL and college football are were in for some great seasons this year. Um, I agree, full heart A there. lot of new teams. A lot of changing of the guard, it seems, Um, you know, with the Jets and these teams like Florida State finally coming out of the woodworks um, after, you know, years of just kind of mediocre seasons. Anyways, so, yeah, in other news, time for our New York block. We'll come up with a creative name for this block eventually, but... I think we're talking about, I guess, teams that are on the come up. I think a sport that is on the come up is tennis. We've had some great historical um, tennis players over the last 10, 20 years. But it seems like the past 5, 10 years or so, it's just been the Djokovic era nobody has been able to challenge him and now with Alcaraz obviously the Wimbledon final was top tier television um everyone was tuning into that and it's looking like we're gonna get a rematch this year again I don't really see anyone challenging Djokovic or Alcaraz um but so I did have the privilege of going out to arthur ash yesterday last night and this kid blake shelton can play tennis he so what what was the deal with his record for the serve was that the fastest serve at the u.s open i think he had
1: um, let me check on that he might have yeah
0: it was either the fastest serve at the u.s open or something about it but yeah 149 per mile per hour serve that's insane, especially for a twenty twenty year old kid. This guy is basically like the United States, Alcaraz, the poor man's Alcaraz. Um, he's got the swaggy celebrations. He's got that chip on his shoulder. Um, Beaten two of the top ranked United States players in Tiafo and Tommy Paul. Now, so it, it was it was a very exciting. Atmosphere there—it's such a fantastic event. Emma Watson and Anna Wintour were in the stands. Um,
1: it's definitely a star-studded, you
0: know. Like, I was keeping my eye out for Jimmy Butler, but I didn't see him. Tennis, the one thing that I will say about that stadium is it is way too hot in there, especially yeah. last night. It was a hot New York night, mm. and I was up. You know, so I'm late, I'm not quite at that Emma Watson level yet so i was up i was up more in you know the the thomas and bennett level in the yeah, stands you know, we're, we're, where we're men of the people okay yeah the commoners if i'll if i'll yeah we're hanging out call them that but it was a great time you know i was sipping on my paloma my grapefruit drink watching some fantastic tennis beautiful um
1: i unfortunately wasn't able to attend but uh I did go last year to the U.S. Open, and everything Thomas is saying, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with. I think if anybody's able to go to those type of events, it's probably one of, if not the best tennis event in the world. I think it's, like, very much the tournament of the people. The setup there is fantastic, and I mean, the tennis is just amazing. It's it's electric, and playing under the lights at nighttime, it's pretty awesome, but the stadiums do get quite warm. There's not a whole lot of airflow in there, but... Uh, yeah, I mean this this year has been great and it's it's so good to see Young American tennis talent. It is returning to the top. I mean it's been a, a Very long time since a, an American has really I mean we got TFO last year but before that it was like Andy Roddick back in like 2000 long ago so the last time like an American has won a Grand Slam or a major or anything like that um, so Yeah, I mean, I think this is awesome. It's great for the sport and uh, yeah, Ben Shelton. Shout out Ben Shelton. I actually saw him last year when I attended the tournament, and that was just when, uh, I mean, everybody probably that follows tennis, they've known who this guy is, but as someone who kind of was coming into the sport, not too familiar with it, I was there, and he was playing on the smaller courts at that point. He wasn't playing in on Ash or Grandstand or Armstrong even. Um, so he was playing on the outdoor court, just in the sun there with, you know, only a few hundred people. So to see him playing and you could tell right away, like, okay, this guy is going to be a dude. And I believe that he, he's built for the moment for sure. Yeah. And last year, um, at that time, I think it was like his first time playing in the U S open potentially or second or something like that. And that previous season, I think he had, um, Played like his freshman year at university of florida where he won like the national championship or whatever and then
0: He beat my baylor bears in the national championship yeah, there you fun go. fact
1: So yeah, I mean this guy is definitely a Top tier prospect and I believe definitely either his I think his dad might have played some tennis as well But he comes from a definitely an athletic Family yeah. and uh, yeah I mean the future is so bright and as thomas said he's only 20. I mean tfo's in his young 20s We got coco goff. I mean us i mean american tennis is is looking bright yeah it's, it's awesome to see
0: and the women's tennis too is i i watched a little bit of women's tennis before the shelton tiafo match and it's i almost liked the women's match more just because the men's it's all about the serve it's all about the power the women's you get a lot more long rallies and kind of more strategy it seems to it um but yeah, this kid Shelton is a star in the making. We'll see if he can continue his hot streak against Djokovic. Um, That's not a tough challenge, you know. I think just the being the there thing about it is he made it there, the experience. and he's he's not gonna have any pressure on him. He's the underdog exactly. heavily. The only American left, the only unranked player left. Can he pull off a miracle? Now that would be something that sets the tennis world on fire. I mean, yeah, Ben um, Shelton
1: beats Novak Djokovic to make it to the final of the U.S. Open.
0: That then we'd have the craziest. American versus the Spanish twenty-year-olds in the U.S. Open yeah, final. that would be one of the craziest stories. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, there was there was talk of that, murmurs of that on the subway, and it's you know I was sitting there, sweating, just kind of like, all right, guys, let's. You don't, you guys don't know anything about tennis. <laughs> this is not happening. But, you know, maybe I'll eat my words. But Maybe. I
1: think one thing's for sure. I don't know that we're going to see Ben Shelton open a, or, or enter another hard court, hard surface tournament with uh, without a number next to his name. I think this, after after Definitely. this tournament, I think this is going to be uh, a new name that you guys are going to be seeing consistently there with uh, the likes of, you know, TFO and... Uh, Taylor Fritz. Fritz, Tommy Paul, you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Sebastian you can... Sebastian Corda. Yeah. All those guys, you know.
0: It will be interesting to see how he compares to Taylor Fritz, who just lost to Djokovic, got dominated. There was no chance in that match. I watched a little bit of it that happened yesterday. I was hoping I was going to get to see that match, but I'm glad that I saw the one I did instead of that one. Yeah. Um, Because it was just not close and kind of felt like how – american tennis has gone for a while now so we'll see what happens i'm glad that shelton came through and has kind of lit a fire under himself um and he's he's got the personality of a star that's for sure we'll see how he does over these next few years but obviously the biggest storylines will come once these two historic talents meet up again Alcaraz and Djokovic I assume they will um and we'll be seeing them in the finals tennis is definitely on the rise tennis is back it was gone for a little bit after you know Nadal kind of got old and Djokovic there was no challenger to Djokovic um now there is and we'll see what happens real quick before we finish up this tennis talk and kind of get into some of the New York baseball news. Um what who do you think will win this year Alcaraz or Djokovic? Um at the open, at the US Open, I guess. Not this year, but
1: uh, I mean Alcaraz is coming off of a win against uh, Djokovic at Wimbledon. Mhm. I,
0: so jo- I think I think they I think they played in a smaller tournament and Djokovic won.
1: Recently, like, Re- like recently. since
0: the U.S. It was after after, after Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, uh,
0: I have yeah, my pick.
1: I think Alcaraz.
0: I, Al- I agree. A- I'm
1: team Alcaraz, just because
0: uh, he's got the spirit of youth.
1: Yeah, and also, I mean, um, Djokovic. Like, this is his first time back at the U.S. Open. I think he's kind of, in some ways, just happy to be there. Yeah. Um, soaking it all in and stuff like that. But then like we can't ignore the fact that last year, um, Carlos Alcaraz, I mean, he he did as best as anybody could. I mean, he won yeah. the title. Yeah. He is the reigning champion of the US Open. Yeah. Um so until I see Djokovic beat Alcaraz in a final at this stage I've been a ride with Alcaraz.
0: I agree, yeah. I mean,
1: he's been there before he's done it. Last year it was a big surprise because he was so young, but he's already done it before. Yeah, there's nothing. He's only getting better. There's
0: no reason to doubt him at all, and I agree with you. I think there's a reason why the number one is by his name and not by Djokovic's name. So we'll wrap that up. In the baseball world, we had a couple call-ups for the Mets, and – The Yankees, Jason Dominguez of the Yankees, highly highly ranked prospect. Yankees fans are really excited about this guy. Austin Wells, also the catcher. Jason Dominguez hits a home run in his first at bat against former Met Justin Verlander, Verlander, who is also up against former Met Max Scherzer today in a big game for the wild card spot. Um, yeah, a little more Metception. Also, Ronnie Mauricio has. Heard murmurs of this guy all season long. Up in um, the CQs playing for the Mets. Yep. Finally gets called up and just rips the cover off the ball 117 miles per hour. I'm sure Electric Mets fans have heard that number a million times by now. And also two hits in his first two games. I think first player, first Met to do that at least since like 2004 or something crazy. Um,
1: Six for 15, batting 400
0: yeah i mean he looks good similar to shelton he's got the makeup he's got the personality of a major league player that's for sure he seems like he fits in with the team and he seems like he belongs in the mlb unlike another guy mark vientos who has kind of struggled a little bit i mean he he did hit a home run or you know he's getting some hits but on the defensive end he just he can't play third base, and then obviously there's the Beatty storyline. Beatty gets called back up as well for the last month of the season. Can he redeem himself in a way, prove that he belongs? Because um, certainly the Viento Vientos didn't look like the answer, at least not at third base. He might he I think he could do it as a DH. Yeah, that's um, the hard
1: part with Vientos, Rise, it's like the defense is not really there, so you can't put him in third but then the hitting is not totally there yet either. So it's like, you can't really DH. And then there was that one game I remember where, uh, when Alonso was out for a little bit after, I think he got hit by the pitch or whatever. Um, and then, uh, they moved Yentos to first base. And yeah, I remember that game in particular where I hate to bring it back up, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he had like two errors in that game, which ultimately lost them the game and things like that. So Yeah. yeah, it's, I'm definitely not out on the guy totally, but, uh, It'll be certainly interesting to see where he kind of fits into this team.
0: Yeah, the the storyline for the Mets is certainly all about the young guys now going into next season and, and wrapping DJ up this Stewart. season. Shout out DJ Stewart. And again. DJ Stewart. Ben mentioned him on the last podcast. And then Seems like after week. you mentioned him, that was before the DJ Stewart game even happened. It was the night after you mentioned him. DJ Stewart hits two home runs has the game saving catch and the game winning hit by pitch RBI What a beautiful man. Um yeah that that was certainly one of the games of the season for the Mets this year. AJ I mean, Stewart for MVP. With the way things are for the Mets, you kind of got to relish in those moments when they happen this season. Absolutely. Um find the silver linings.
1: And also we talked a little bit about this off-air because of, you know, some things with work-related, but shout-out to Kodai Senga as well. Yeah, Kodai, Kodai Senga, Senga
0: has been dominating when he starts. So
1: he is, He's been my personal favorite Met this year, and I just love that guy. He's just a true professional and just so, so darn good at what he does.
0: Yeah, and I think also the, the thing in Metland is obviously the biggest free agent this season, Shohei Otani, can the japanese uh japanese connection there bring over shohei otani and then if not you know obviously that's a long shot but you got this Yamamoto guy another he's basically kodai Senga part two um highly touted japanese pitching prospect and the mets are in the market for pitchers they've got they've it's the second half of the season honestly since the trade deadline has been more enjoyable to watch Agreed. Seems like they've been hitting a little better. It seems like the weight Just has kind of been free. lifted off their shoulders a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then Alvarez has had a great season this year, so he'll be back. Um, if they can get some quality pitchers, I mean, you have Senga, Quintana has been good. Um,
1: Obviously, Edwin Diaz will be back. Edwin
0: Diaz will be back.
1: So many other guys have been decent. They, you know. Audubino.
0: Maybe they can turn around McGill or Peterson back into what they used to be. Um, it just seems like the Mets. It's all mental with the Mets. That'll be my catchphrase of the day. It's all mental with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it.
1: It's pretty accurate though. It yeah, is for sure. And I, I mean, I think and like I think we can all agree here. What? Don't trade Pete Alonso. What are we talking about? What
0: are we yeah, doing? Yeah, this Look, is not a stop. guy that you trade. Just stop. Pete Alonso is the guy that you bring in from a smaller market team that can't pay him. When you are the New York Mets and you have the payroll that you do, there's no reason to let this guy go. 40 and runs. you know, I'm a Red Sox fan. It it would be like the Red Sox letting go of Mookie Betts because they didn't want to pay him. What do you mean you don't want to pay him? This is a you're not going to get a better player than Alonso. He hit 50 home runs in his rookie season. This is not a guy that you want on another team okay he's he he might have had a little bit of a struggling struggle of a season i think he's batting like 220 or something a little bit low but
1: he threw away mason wins first hit ball okay he'll get another
0: one yeah like and that's one thing i like about pete is he's kind of just like a guy that
1: Kind of just he doesn't cute. think
0: too hard about things. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I love He's Pete. kind of going with the flow. It would be the moment. M- let me tell you if you think the Mets fans are mad now and mad with the way the season went, if Pete Alonso gets traded
1: to the Brewers of all teams,
0: just you wait, okay? This city will erupt. Queens will be on fire.
1: Billy Epler, he better better start packing his bags if that happens.
0: Yeah, but I think overall, I mean, we didn't talk too much about the Yankees, but the Jason Mets. Uh, you know, Jason Dominguez, whatever. The Martian, I don't know. We're not a, we're, I have a hard you time. Guys
1: can't really tell. We're not too big on the. We're we're definitely Mets
0: as a Red Sox fan, I have a hard time talking about the Yankees. I I know Jason Dominguez. I'm scared of him for sure. I'll say that. Yeah, he looks great. Um. Am I worried about the Yankees next season? No, it seems like they're going to bring back their same management, which is what Yankees fans like to say is the biggest problem with the team. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the difference between the Mets and the Yankees is, like I said, it's all mental with the Mets. I don't know if that's the same case for the Yankees. I think it's all just a lack of talent up and down and, signing guys that are old and old, aaron. and you know they they can't hit the ball anymore yeah. um wasting garrett cole wasting aaron judge and they all these guys are signed for more many more years so there's Just not really stand, there's not much you can do except hope things get better there's not really any changes you can make to improve your situation if you're the yankees which is yeah, seems the like worst part about it
1: invested and tied up into players that are only aging and not aging as gracefully as probably they would
0: have liked and that's that's what you gotta like about Steve Cohen with Verlander and Scherzer I mean you can sit around and wonder what could have happened this season but the bottom line is it just wasn't working and so
1: and hey maybe we'll find out what will happen tonight in the pitching matchup yeah they both throw a perfect game
0: maybe they do yep um
1: but uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I love the, just the balls on, Cohen there to be like, yeah, let's just cut bait. Didn't yep. work.
0: Let's regroup. Yeah. Let's, let's uh gather our, gather the troops for next season and exactly. two seasons from now. Really is, the supposed. Year that they're going for it, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps it up.
1: Yeah, I think we did a good job covering a little bit of everything. I thought our, you know, did some solid little breakdown of some different sports, uh, even, uh, you know, throughout the world.
0: Yeah, we still haven't even uploaded the first episode yet. So you guys are getting gifted with two brand new episodes um, just before the day before the first game of the NFL season. So enjoy, you know, enjoy, enjoy. your football weekend. We're yeah. going to end it off here yeah. with our tradition, our surprise question. What's your surprise question of the day? Because once again, I still haven't even thought of mine.
1: My surprise question of the day would be, as let's keep it in uh, football-related since we have the kickoff this weekend. Okay. okay. So last time I went basketball, kind of FIBA World Cup-related. Also, shout-out to Team USA. Had a good win last night. Um, Villanova boys playing strong. Mikhail Bridges looks awesome yeah Um, but anyways uh, I'm gonna say as a New England Patriots fan okay what is one player on the Patriots that you think will have the most like impressive season and then what player in the Patriots will have the most underwhelming season
0: this is interesting because the Patriots always seem to find those guys like a Chris Hogan or something. Diamond you know, in the rough. that's kind of Bill Belichick's motto in his mode of operation. Um, let's take a look at the at the roster here. Obviously, we've got Zeke along with Ramondre Stevenson, Juju Smith, Juju um Mac. so the question is most yeah like who, like will, who will exceed expectations and, who, and will, who will fall, fall below. below expectations let's see i'm gonna say one guy i think that could exceed expectations is ezekiel elliott
1: oh ooh, i like it I and
0: like listen Part of that reason is because I feel like his expectations are so low. He had, you know, not a great season on the Cowboys. When he signed with the Patriots, if that was a signing like two or three years ago, there would have been a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement around that signing. Very true. And obviously, you know, he's a little old, but Ezekiel Elliott was like, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of Cowboys fans and the Cowboys are my second favorite team. Ezekiel Elliott was like the franchise player of the Dallas Cowboys Um, and kind of struggled last season and the season before that but this Patriots team is interesting and I think he could be just as good as Stevenson if not better he'll probably get some goal line touches Um, seems like he'll kind of be like that goal line running back yeah um that's kind of how the cowboys used him a little bit last year they'd have pollard was you know turned into the rb1 um so yeah i think i think i'll say that i'll say this i think the floor like with ezekiel elliott the floor is really not that low it's he's gonna do what he's gonna do no matter what and stevenson had a great season last year in the patriots offense so i think it's i think belichick belichick will find a way to plug in zeke and nice. um you know maybe he can do a little uh a little rebuilding of what ezekiel used to be yeah, why not? um if anyone is the guy to do it it's belichick now Underwhelming, I think is going to be Mac Jones. Now, I've said this before. I said on the last episode how I'm not a believer in Bryce Young. I'm not a believer in these Alabama quarterbacks, really, outside of Tua. And Mac Jones, I really just haven't seen it. I The Patriots have found ways to win games with Mac Jones. But... The Patriots find ways to win games with basically any quarterback, and I really just haven't seen what I want to see out of Mac Jones yet, and I don't know if I'm going to see it this year either. He just, you know, the Patriots need a guy like Joe Burrow, who just has that it factor, like the Tom Brady kind of, like, alpha mentality, like, leadership. Mac Jones it doesn't seem like he has the respect of his team in that way. Like I, this is, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I think Mac Jones is closer to like a Zach Wilson than he is to like Joe Burrow, you know? And I think there's a lot of comparisons that you can make to a guy with the same last name, Daniel Jones. That's the, if he has a, type of season that Daniel Jones did last year that's like that would be a dream for Patriots fans um but yeah I'm gonna say Mac Jones is my underwhelming player and Ezekiel Elliott as my player who can possibly exceed some expectations so let's see let's think of my question here Hmm. Surprise question. I'm going to try to keep it NFL related as well. I really need to start coming up with these or questions college, before. Anything. Or I mean. college, yeah. Or you hmm. know,
1: tennis. You can do anything you want. What do you want to talk about? What do the people want to know?
0: I'm trying to think of like a... A, a good spicy question, you know, something that will allow room for some debate. Um, which rookie are do you think which? Rookie quarterback out of this year's draft. Do you think we'll have the best season?
1: CJ Stroud. Really? I do, yeah. Just because I think that he's in the best. I think that division is really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Apart from the Jaguars, kind of.
0: We'll we'll be watching that game week one versus uh, the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud. I think this coaching staff that they have there and all that, Like, I don't know, I feel like he's probably maybe the most like pro-ready quarterback. I think Bryce will probably be the best long-term, but I don't know, I think it might take him a little bit. And then Anthony is just too raw. Um, So, yeah, I'll I'll say C.J. Stroud.
0: Okay, yep. I talked about a little bit on the last episode how I was not a believer in Bryce Young, and he kind of made me eat my words a little bit in the – the the preseason game against the Lions, um, we'll see. We'll see if he proves me wrong. But like I said, I disagree with you that C.J. Stroud will be the best. All right. I obviously I have Richardson as my backup quarterback. I'm I'm most excited to watch Richardson, and I mean that doesn't mean the same thing yeah, as who will be the best. Yeah, most excited to watch Richardson. But, I would agree. He's um, going to throw too many interceptions Yeah, I th- I think Richardson Will end up being the best In my opinion I'm pretty high on Anthony Richardson nice. But obviously You know, it's Really too early to tell We're going to have to wait and see um, And finally We'll get some real football to watch this weekend So
1: Absolutely, can't wait Hope yeah. you all enjoy And uh, yeah
0: Yeah Cool a
1: weekend of sports ahead.
0: All right, Ben's got a rush to class here. We'll uh, we'll be back next week after weekend. Yep. Weekend yep one with I our hope reactions. You guys
1: can, uh, hear this one, and you know, look at the other one as well. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week.
0: Still still trying to figure out the name of the podcast. So
1: yeah, suggestions will be suggestions.
0: Uh, I got to figure out a profile picture too. Ooh. So, ah, oh, you hear that? Well, you'll. Fun they'll see what the profile picture is whatever i decide yeah, right so
1: you'll <laughs> see it before even i do
0: yeah righty uh, everybody
1: thanks for joining us as always
0: yep have a good one
1: peace